Yo, yo, yo. One, two, one, two. What's up, party people? Welcome back to the Look and Listen Podcast Network, South End Cinema Podcast. It's your man LB back with another What I'm Watching episode. Um, Want to go ahead and dive into this. Got a few shows that we want to discuss here today. Um, but before we get into all of that, you know what I'm saying? I just want to give a huge rest in peace shout out to the late, great, the diabolical Biz Marquis. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking at where we are in time right now, and we'll, we'll mention, we'll be mentioning time and timelines here in a second. But uh, today is July 17th of 2021. And uh, last night, you know, we got the unfortunate news that Biz Marquis, hip hop legend, uh, has passed away. You know what I'm saying? He had been dealing with um, a lot of health issues over um, over the last, at least the last year or so or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, it wasn't COVID related. I think it was some other stuff. Um, I believe it might have been diabetes. Um, taking a second here to look it up real quick. Um, but yeah, he, um, he just passed, man. You know what I'm saying? He, like I said, he's been having health issues for a while now. And, uh, earlier this week, there was like some, some talk about like, oh, he might, you know, he might've already passed. You know how that goes? Like people start, um, you know, giving sort of like the premature RIP thing. So it's like, yo, y'all got to kind of chill out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, you know what I'm saying? But the word officially has come out now. So he's a, he was a legendary hip hop, man, you know, an MC, a DJ, I believe he made beats. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm looking it up now. So it said, um, in April of last year, 2020, he was hospitalized due to complications, um, uh, severe complications with type two diabetes. So yeah, he was struggling with diabetes, um, really struggling with it since last year and everything. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, last night in uh, Baltimore, he passed away. So, but yeah, like I was saying, man, he's a legendary, um, MC producer, DJ, um, you know, they called him the clown prince of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? So he, he was, he had a, a great personality and, and, you know, um, he was a very likable, lovable type of guy. You know what I'm saying? You've seen him everywhere. If you, if, if you are in tune and hit with hip hop in any kind of way, then you probably know who Biz Marquis is, especially if you're, you know, anywhere near my age, you know, I'm 41. So anybody that came up, um, in the eighties and nineties, especially the eighties, but the nineties people too, you know what I'm saying? If you've been around since then and you've been in tune with this, with this music and this culture that we love, then you know, who Biz is cause you've seen him everywhere. You know, you, you may have even seen him. Some of y'all may, you know, hear me talk about him right now and, you know, Google him and to see who he is. And when you see his picture, you'll be like, oh, that guy, you know what I'm saying? So he's definitely one of our most, you know, recognizable figures or whatever. Um, so I definitely want to give love to to hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Because we lost a legend and uh, definitely to his family and friends, you know, the people that were closest to him and everything that really had to, you know, go through the struggle with him, you know, up until the end. Um, 
Now, like I was saying on Twitter last night, man, because, you know, I shed some tears over that, man. Um, I was just like, yo, I'm tired of saying rest in peace to our hip hop legends and superheroes, man. You know, we've had so many of them pass over the last several months, last year or so. Um, I mean, and there's been a lot of people dying in general, obviously, but yeah, with hip hop, it just, it kind of hits a little different because I feel like I was just thinking about this before I got on the mic. I feel like for us, you know, like hip hop music and hip hop culture hasn't turned 50 years old yet. Um, I think that doesn't happen for another couple years. It'll be like 2023 before hip hop itself is officially 50 years old. So seeing these people pass away in their 50s, it's like, you know, it, it hits a little different. You know what I'm saying? Biz was 57, by the way. Um, but like we just lost DMX. Um, he was 50. Shock G, I think, was about 57. You know what I mean? So seeing these cats go, you know, in their, in their 50s, but when hip-hop music and culture hasn't even turned 50, it's crazy. Like, you know, in other styles of music and other cultures of music and stuff, you know, they've been around for a while. So it's nothing to see a 70, 80-year-old rocker or a 70 or 80-year-old jazz musician or, you know, an R&B singer or whatever. You know what I'm saying? We haven't gotten to that point yet, um, you know, where you're seeing, you know, 80 year old, you know, DMX, uh, you know, 72 year old Fife Dog or something like that. Like, we won't get that opportunity with those people. We'll have it with other folks, but, you know, it'll happen, you know, kind of in real time. Like, we see the old folks in the other areas now, right? But with us, it'll, it'll happen in another 20, 30 years, you know, so it'll be a real time thing for us. But, yeah, it's just crazy that, you know, that it happened. It's, it's one of those things that it was kind of, you know, like with, when people have health issues, you know, you're preparing for it and stuff like that. And obviously people that are close with that person, you know, are kind of getting themselves ready for when that moment does come. But it still hits you. It's still it's still sad and stuff like, you know, when um when it does eventually um, happen or whatever. But, you know, everybody's time will, will end at some point. But. I couldn't start this show, me being the cat that I am, you know what I'm saying? I could not start this show, you know, without saying something about biz, man. So, um, and, and, and it's going to suck, you know, that people have to tell these stories. I mean, I've heard a lot of stories and stuff over the years anyway, you know, through different podcasts, you know, either him being interviewed or, you know, him coming up in somebody else's conversation. But biz is one of those people that like everybody knew and everybody loved. So I know when, you know, like when Syph and Rosenberg do one app and, and some of the other shows and, you know, YouTube channels or whatever, like when people, as people start kind of gathering their thoughts to tell their biz marquee stories, it's going to be a lot of dope stories, man. Cause like this dude touched everybody. He had so much, you know, so many areas that he was in, you know, from, from all the different stuff that he did, the DJ and the rap and all that. So he's in a, an important figure in our culture or whatever. So you're going to hear a lot of dope, dope stories about this guy and, and kind of be amazed by him and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm looking forward to, to hearing and seeing that stuff. But at the same time, you know, I prefer for him to still be here. You know what I'm saying? So rest in peace to Biz Marquis. Um, we're going to give a quick little moment of silence and then we'll go ahead and get into this TV talk. All right. 
Shout out to Bez. All right, so, you know what I'm saying, going ahead and, and jumping into, you know, what we're here to do, man, um, we're going to talk about TV. Um, I'm going to let y'all know now, we're going to be talking about spoilers, you know what I'm saying, uh, well, for this, definitely for the first thing that's coming up, um, definitely going to be talking spoilers. So the first topic that we're going to talk about is Loki. So we got some Loki spoilers. So if you haven't finished Loki, then go ahead and get out of here for now and come back and, and check it out you know when when you finish come back to the podcast when you do finish um season one of loki um so i'm gonna give you a quick second to go ahead and turn it off if, if you need to do that and um then we're gonna jump into it all right so if you're still here now then i assume if you if you turned it off or, or hadn't skipped you know ahead um then you know you're here to to, to hear what i gotta say about that so we're not going to go into like a ton of detail, um, like covering the entire season. But what I want to say about Loki is like the way that that shit ended was incredible, man. Um, you know, if for those that don't know, uh, I mean, I assume everybody does know, but Loki is a, uh, a Marvel character. You know, he had his own Disney Plus show and everything like that. Um, it was six episodes. Um, Tom Hiddleston was back to play a variant of the character Loki. Um, it starts off back in, I think it starts in 2012. And this is the Loki that escaped, um, escaped the Avengers. I forget which movie it was, but they have a part in there where they captured him. And then some shit goes down and he's able to like get his hands on the Tesseract and he's able to like teleport away from where they were. And so that's where the series begins at in the first episode. He he teleports to um I forget the name of the desert, but it's a desert in in like the middle of Mongolia. And so that begins the series or whatever. And we find out that this is a variant of his, of his character. So it's not the same Loki that we saw get choked the fuck out by um, by Thanos and all of that. But um, it's a variant of, of that character. And, you know, throughout the series, you know, he meets different people. He gets sent to the TVA, which is the Time Variant um, Authority, I believe. And, you know what I'm saying? Like... He's got a their thing is they're trying to keep the timeline from branching. So there's the sacred timeline. And I'm not a scholar on this. so I'm not even going to attempt to try to, like, really give you a detailed explanation. But basically, we're on a timeline. This is, you know, there's the beginning of time and then there's, you know, the past and where we are now. And then there's the future. So there's a linear thing. And. What the TVA is trying to do is keep this timeline from branching or veering off um, past a certain point. Like there's a certain level of it where it's like, OK, well, actually, they don't want any branches. So whenever they see a branch, they go to wherever that branch is happening and eliminate the person or the thing that is causing the branch, because we don't want this thing to branch and get past a certain point, because if it does, then we don't know what the fuck is going to happen. You know, blah, blah, blah. Right. So they're trying to basically keep this thing from growing and, and getting too far out of hand. Um, so they're time hoppers. They can go anywhere and and stop, you know, people from from doing things that will, you know, cause the timeline to branch. So, you know, throughout the series, 
you know, we see, you know, that happening. You know, we meet, I think in episode three, we meet Sylvie, who was a, a variant of Loki. You know, she's a woman, um, the only woman variant. All the other variants of Loki are men. You know, you got uh, classic Loki, who's the OG Loki. You got a kid, you know, probably about a 13, 14 year old kid version of him. There was boastful Loki, which we saw in episode five. Well, I guess we meet him in four and really see him in five. Boastful Loki, who's actually a brother. There's alligator Loki. There's a bunch of these motherfuckers. Um, and in episode five, like, you know, they get sent to like, there's this thing called pruning. They've got these sticks where you basically get, get zapped. And for a long time, everybody thought that when you got zapped like that, then that mean you were dead. But it actually just sends you to it dumps you to um, another area or whatever where you can't cause any trouble, basically. You know what I'm saying? So they've got this one area where I don't know if everybody there is a Loki or if it's just that there happen to be a bunch of them niggas there, but they they prune him and he the our Loki that we've been following, he gets sent over there. And we see him hanging out with classic Loki, boastful Loki, um, the young boy and the alligator. Alligator Loki is my man. If you look at my Twitter right now, my shit says alligator Loki. You know what I'm saying? L hyphen Gator Loki or whatever. So <laughs> shout out to Alligator Loki. I'd actually watch a whole episode um, of him just biting motherfuckers. Cause I love the fact that they had Alligator Loki just be a regular ass alligator. Like he wasn't like a special alligator who could talk or philosophize or anything like that. He was just a regular fucking alligator with the horns. He had the little horns on and shit. And he was out there biting niggas, man. He bit um he bit one of the Loki's hands off. You know what I'm saying? I think it was President Loki. He bit that nigga hand off or whatever. So that was funny. Um but yeah, like they sent him to this place and then eventually Sylvie you know, she's trying to figure out what's going on and she's getting into some things over at the TVA. Um, and, you know, she ends up pruning herself. She grabs the stick and sends herself to that area or whatever because of some information that she got. And then, you know, we see the two of them um, eventually the two of them figure out a way she's got the power to be able to um, what she calls enchant somebody like she can touch you and then um show you she can tap into your mind basically um but it's not complete mind control i think she explained it like the person is still there so it's not fully like the fucking um get out shit where <laughs> where she completely takes over your shit and you you don't have any you know saying again like she's like no the person is still there but i'm just in control like i'm i'm able to you know do what i need to do and then get out so she's able to do that by physically touching people. So there's this um, this cloud monster called Eliath, who's like the protector of that realm. And when she when she got pruned, when she pruned herself and sent herself there, she sort of touched it accidentally. And she saw something because she could see your memories um, and all of that. So she figured out that, okay, well, I was actually able to see a little something when I passed through Elioth or whatever. So I'm going to try this again and see if that'll tell us, you know, what's beyond that. Like, what is he protecting? Like, because we can't get past a certain point because of this thing. So she figured it out. Her and Loki 
they they hold hands and they try to, you know, figure out if they can do it. And they end up doing it. So she's able to kind of open up the gate basically to this other realm. Um, and there's this uh, this castle at the end of time. And so at the end of episode five, we see the thing open up and then you see the castle. So in the finale, which just happened this week, you know, they go in there and we, you know, we get to see what's going on. And so, you know, they, they open it up. There's a, a character called Miss Minutes, who is an animated clock. She pops up. Um, she's got this great Southern accent and everything. She pops up and, um, you know, she offers them a deal. Um, they don't take it, of course, because we still got 40 something minutes. You know what I mean? So we got to <laughs> we can't we can't fuck with whatever you talking about. We got to go ahead and do what we do. Right. So she passes on that. And there had been a lot of speculation about, you know, how the thing was going to end, because like for, for me, the way that the show was going, the pacing of it, all the stuff that had happened was all real dope. I was I was good with it. But there were a lot of people who were kind of not feeling it. I mean, there was a lot of people who were, but there were a lot of people who weren't right. There's always somebody that's unsatisfied. So, um, you know, people were kind of wondering about the payoff and. You know, they had been talk about, you know, what is going to happen in this last episode. You know, what do people want to see? What do they think is going to happen? All this kind of stuff. Um, one of the things that people had been discussing was whether or not we were going to see the villain. Um, so in the news, you know, people were aware of the fact that Jonathan Majors, um, you know, who is a tremendous actor. I haven't seen The Last Black Man in San Francisco, but I, I probably need to check that out at some point. But you may know him from that. You may know him from Lovecraft Country. That's where I got introduced to him. Like, I think I had heard of him and maybe even seen him before. But Lovecraft was the first thing that I checked out um, that he was in. And um if you haven't seen Lovecraft Country, if you've got HBO, HBO Max, definitely do yourself a favor and check that show out, man, because that shit was incredible. Like, great, great show. Um, and he did a, a hell of a job in it. Like, he's a great actor. Um, so we knew that he had signed on with Marvel to play a character called Kang the Conqueror and that... Um, they said that his introduction or that, well, I don't know if they said that he would be introduced or whatever, but it was known that he's going to be in um, the next Ant-Man movie, which is coming out. Um, I'm not sure when the movie drops, but whenever that movie comes out, he's going to be in it. So people were kind of speculating about whether or not he would be um, introduced um, possibly in Loki or would it just have to come in the movie or whatever? Well, you know, he ends up being introduced in this. So that was like one of the, the, the major thing. One of the major things that happened, um, you know, when when this episode was going down. So he comes in and we see him and he's doing this thing and he's he basically explains everything because we've been seeing all this time travel stuff. You know, what's the TVA up to? Blah, blah, blah. So he gives the answers to a lot of questions. Basically, he says, I was born in the 31st century, um, which apparently there's a character. I'm not really familiar with it, but I do know that there's a character called Reed Richards. And I believe he's the, the guy that started the Fantastic Four and all of that. So apparently the character that he was playing is a variant Um of one of that guy's descendants. So I guess in the books and the comics, it was like the guy was in the 30th century. So he said I was in the 31st century or whatever. 
but I think his name is Nathaniel Richards. So he's like a relative of Reed Richards, right? And so he's breaking everything down, giving us the answers to like uh, all of the questions that we have had throughout the season about, you know, the time and the TVA and blah, blah, blah. And um, at one point he presents to Loki and Sylvie an offer like, listen, I'm tired. I'm getting old. Like I'm a lot older than I look. Shout out to Black Not Cracking because the brother's probably like 10 million years old, but he looked like he's fucking 36. You know what I'm saying? And um, he's like, you know, I'm ready to give this up, but I have a lot of variants. And he, he tells him the story about how throughout history or whatever, different versions of himself come along and and for a while things are very good. They're figuring things out. They're curing diseases. They're doing this. They're doing that. So it's positive. You know, there's the multiverse that's there has a lot of positive things going on because, you know, these are good people. These versions of himself are good people who are doing good things. But he said, but not every version of me has been good has had good intentions. So he starts breaking down like how eventually there's some of them that come along and they want to conquer everything. At some point they mentioned, they asked him who he was or whatever. What do people call him or some shit? He's like, I've been called a lot of things. I've been called a ruler. I've been called a conqueror. So that's a shout out to Kang the Conqueror, who is the character that he's going to be playing eventually, you know, in the movies and everything. So, the person that we met is not necessarily Kang the Conqueror, but he's a variant. So Kang the Conqueror is coming if y'all don't take this deal or whatever. So what the deal is, is he's telling them, I want y'all to take over. Like, I'm tired of doing this. I want to retire from this shit as like the the person, he who remains the last person that knows everything that's going to happen. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. I want to pass it on to y'all. Y'all sit up here and, and, you know, manage everything from, you know, the CEO's office. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all run this shit and everything will be cool. We'll keep the, the timeline of stay intact and, you know, people can, you know, live their lives and, and, you know, things will be going good. Or you can kill me and all of these versions of myself that are like waiting in the wings, all them niggas will come through and it'll be fucking total chaos and like, it's gonna be crazy. Like, that's the shit that you don't want. So he gives them a choice. And, you know, Sylvie's not going for that shit. She's like, fuck that. I'm not trying to hear that. You know, y'all niggas picked me up, kidnapped me when I was a little girl. I was just playing with my dolls. And um, I'm ready to kill you. You know what I'm saying? And Loki is like, wait a second. Let's take a time. Let's take some time to think about this. Like he could be lying and I'm a liar myself, but I don't think that this cat is lying. I think that he's telling us the truth. Like the whole story that he gave us about himself and the different variants, how he was able to, um, you know, harness a life and, and use him for his own things. And even the fact that he's saying now that, 
you know, if we take one option, then this will happen. And like all the shit that this guy's saying, I actually believe him. And she's like, you know, why the fuck would you believe him? Da da da. So they start fighting and this whole kind of thing, arguing and actually having a sword fight and all this. And then, um, you know, it gets to a point where he's trying to tell her because we, you know, Loki has been like a very deceitful type of cat. Um, and I, I wanted to mention this part of it too. Um, so there's a part in here where they kiss. Now, Loki and Sylvia are variants of the same person, right? So throughout the season, once she came along, there's been, you know, a lot of talk about, you know, do they have a romantic chemistry and all this kind of stuff? And is that like, is it incest? If it is it self-cess? Is it masturbation? Is it this or that? My personal take on it up until this point was that I don't think that they have any kind of romantic connection or any kind of thing like that. I think it's just two versions of the same person who have met each other, who have, you know, been out here lying, cheating, stealing, killing, doing all the things that they needed to do to survive and to get whatever it was they were trying to get who've never really made a solid connection with another person. Like every time that they made a connection or that they had interactions with other people, it was beneficial to them in some kind of way. So it's like, yo, if I got to, you know, align myself with this person or this group in order to get what I want, ultimately cool. But when I get what I want, I'm going to throw them in the bushes anyway. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that was... That's really what it was. And that for the first time when they met each other, for the first time in both of their lives, they actually made a genuine connection and had genuine feelings for another person, which happened to be a variation of themselves. And I think that's what they were trying to say about this show is like the overall theme of the show is Loki finding, finally being able to love himself. You know what I'm saying? Like before anybody else can love you, before you can really, you know, have a happy life and da da da, it all starts within, right? Like nobody outside is going to give you the love and the happiness and the, you know, the assurance and all these other things that you may be looking for. You've got to start within, which is, you know, a lesson that we've all learned, you know, in our lives, you know, from living out in the real world. Like it all starts, you know, within your own heart and mind. And then once you have that, then you can carry yourself a certain way and, you know, the world sees it and, and so on and so forth. So I think that's what the the major theme and the major point of what all of this was. But I never looked at them as having like a romantic type of thing. I think that a lot of that, I mean, I could see why people would say that, but to me, I didn't take it like that. I was, I was like, it just seems like they're actually finally having a genuine connection with another person. And yes, it happens to be of the opposite sex, but, you know, and of course, like, you know, the way that men and women interact with each other, even if they're just on some cool shit, it's probably a little different. Like, you know, I know for myself, I'm having a lot of, um, you know, women in my family, having a lot of female friends and stuff like that. You know, the way that you interact and the way that you talk to and, you know, all that kind of stuff with the way that I, you know, am with the women that I have in my life is different than I'm just kicking it with the guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I treat women differently than I treat men. I think we all do to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? Um, I remember I was checking out, um, I was listening to something recently and um, I forget who it was right now. It'll probably come to me in a few minutes, but basically 
I was listening to something. It was like this this dude was talking and he was saying, you know, I have I have daughters now. And he was like, you know, I didn't realize that there's a certain level of softness and a certain level of like, um, well, softness was the word that I think that he used that that you have to have in interacting with little girls. Then, you know, that's different than what it is to have a, a, a little boy. Right. So, you know, that that made me think of that, too. Like, you know, you, you are going to treat um women different if you're a man and, and ladies treat men differently. So I, I think that it was that. And then, you know, obviously some people just, which I think is incorrect, but a lot of people feel like men and women just can't be friends. Like uh, there's no way that a man and a woman can be friends and not want to fuck each other. Yes, there is. Like there's plenty of people who, you know, you may be attracted to that person. And, you know, if it came down to it, yeah, I, I would, you know, stroke someone. So yeah, I would let such and such hit. You may have that, but you know, the relationship that you have is a friendly relationship. It's a friendship. It's a platonic thing. And you're not going to mess that up just because you think the person is cute and all that. Like, so I definitely believe that men and women can strictly be friends and not have it be anything more than that and and all that. So that's what I was thinking it was with the two of them. Um, but in the moment, you know, as they were fighting or whatever, he says, I just want you to be okay. Like, I don't want the throne. I don't want this. I don't want that. I just want you to be okay. And they play the romantic music and she gives him a kiss. So I was like, oh shit. Okay. Well, maybe there was a little something there. You know what I'm saying? But the kiss was really to kind of distract him, move him out of the way. And then she pushed him to another dimension. She pushed him through a time door and at first, we think he she sent him back to the TVA that we've seen, um, you know, in the in the thing, you know, in the show. And then she goes and she kills she kills um, Jonathan Major's character or whatever. She stabs him in the chest. And right before he dies, he says, all right, I'll see you soon. And he winked at her and she drops to the floor. I think she thought that it would make her feel better and that I'm giving myself and everybody free will. Um, because there was a point in there where he says, I know everything that has ever happened and ever will happen, but it's up, it gets to a certain point where he doesn't know anymore. They cross the threshold. I don't know what's going to happen anymore. And then so the the whole Loki Sylvie fight and the kiss and her stabbing him come after the point where he doesn't know what's going to happen. But he told them, you know, what the options were. So she took her option and now all fucking hell has broken loose and you know they zoom into the timeline like the timeline is going on like outside the window they zoom so you can see what's going on and there's branches nigga it's branches on branches on branches and so now the timeline is going fucking crazy so that sets up what they call the multiverse um and now it's going to be fucking insane in these Marvel movies and shows. And we go back to our Loki. He goes back to the time, the the TVA. And, you know, he sees um, a couple of his people, Mobius, played by Owen Wilson. And I think it's B-20, um, played by, um, I think her name is One Me. I forget her last name. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but she, if you saw Lovecraft Country, the sister that played Ruby, she's in there. 
those two are talking. Loki runs up into them because they're seeing total chaos. Like they're seeing the branches pop up on the timeline and everything like that. So all the TVA agents are, everybody's like running and scrambling. Like it's, it's fucking, you know, it's crazy in there. And Loki is like, yo, we fucked up. Basically like, yo, we, we saw the guy. We did this, da, da, da. He's explaining everything. He thinks he's talking to his friend. But Mobius is like, okay, who are you? You're an analyst, you know, blah, blah, blah. So what we discover, what we realize is that this is not the same timeline that he came from. This is a different timeline. This Mobius does not know him. And so that shows you that it started immediately. As soon as she put that knife in that man's chest, everything changed. And then, you know, we see his face and then they zoom in on the statue. They got a big ass statue of Jonathan Majors standing there looking like a gangster. And, um... So now everything's going to happen. So the way that that went, it was great. It was a great season. It sets up a lot of stuff. You know, I've heard people that know the comics and all that stuff talk about some of the possibilities. So I'm, I'm excited to um to see where we go from here. Um, and I had heard that this show was going to really set up a lot of stuff and 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 put us, you know, in the direction of moving into the next phase of Marvel. But um, of course, I didn't know exactly how that was going to happen. But, you know, now that we've seen it, yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be crazy. I don't even know what's coming, but everybody that sort of knows or thinks, you know, like thinks that they have an idea of some of the things that happen, you know, in the multiverse of madness and all that stuff. They say it's going to be some wild, wild shit and that this dude, Kang the Conqueror, is a fucking beast. So I'm ready to see all of it, man. So if you have not checked out Loki... I mean, like I said, if you listen to me talk about all of that and you hadn't seen Loki, then I guess you're a person that doesn't care about spoilers. But um, go ahead and check it out. But if you saw it, then you know that shit was dope, man. So definitely give a lot of love to to everybody that was involved with that. All right. So the next thing we talk about, Black Summer, it's on um, it's on Netflix. It's a zombie show, but it's not the typical zombie show. It's not The Walking Dead. It's not. Um, I Zombie. I never saw I Zombie, so I can't really say what that is. But I think I heard that it's a it's um related to Z Nation, which I didn't see, so I don't know exactly how that is. I, I guess somebody said it's kind of like the same universe, but not necessarily the same story, the same people. But um, Black Summer is dope as shit, man. Basically, like we get it, we meet. We jump, we, we're like thrown right into the middle of all the chaos. Like with The Walking Dead, I used to watch that show. I stopped watching it, um, I think in season six, um, right before they killed Glenn and all that shit. Like, I, I don't even want to get into all that, but <laughs> I stopped watching it right before all that stuff happening, happened or whatever. That's another conversation for another time. Um, but with The Walking Dead, you know, the Z Pac has started, but it's still like really early and you meet Rick and you meet Morgan and them. Um, and like, it's kind of like you're discovering what's happening as he does or whatever. So it's like a much slower burn as you kind of, you know, see what's going on and, and meet the characters and, and their, their backstories and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So the way that they tell that story, you know, it kind of makes you feel a, a much deeper connection to all of the characters that you come across and all that kind of stuff. Right. With this shit, they just drop you right into the middle of it. 
a lot of the people that you see, you don't even know what their names are. Um, there's a few people whose names you know. There's one dude, you know what I'm saying, whose name, who has a name. that is, We call him Spears, but that's not his fucking name. That's the name of a soldier that he killed and took his uniform and shit. <laughs> but with this show, like, just it's right in the middle. The camera is moving a lot. You know, people are running. The camera is running right along with them. The zombies are different. They're not like slow, mindless, you know, zombies or whatever. They're like, as soon as a person turns, they can get up and start chasing you. Like these niggas will chase you. So you got to be able to, to get away from them or whatever. And they can like you know, try to open doors and climb on things. And, you know, so they seem to, they're, they're a lot more intelligent. They seem to be, they turned, they're not the person that they were, but they can still kind of do what a normal person would do in some, some way. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're, if you're hiding behind something or whatever, if, you know, they can, they're, they're looking for you. They're like, they're actually after you. It's not just like, you know, like, like again, like comparing it to the walking dead, like think of the zombies on there. These are not the same. Um, so you're just thrown right into the middle of it. You don't know people's names. One thing that's really interesting is that like in each episode, like an episode there between like probably 20 and 45 minutes, somewhere in there. Some of them are 30 minutes. There's some that I think the finale for the first season was like 20 minutes. Um, so episodes are fairly short. You can actually watch a couple of them, you know, two, three of them in a row, you know, like, you know, with the longer shows with 45 to an hour or whatever, sometimes, you know, you might, you know, you may only want to watch one or two of those or whatever, but like with shorter stuff, you know, you, you may watch like three or four of them back to back. So I did that a few times, but within each episode, you've got um, different sections. So, I'll give you an example. So like, let's say you meet me and whoever I'm with, me and two other people, right? You see us and you see whatever we got going on. We're doing our thing, blah, blah, blah. Then like we happen to be outside and somebody comes running by screaming for help. Like, yo, blah, 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 help, 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 help. They run by whatever, right? So then they may cut to another scene. So now it's, you know, it's not, you're not with us anymore. You're with somebody else, but it may be that person that just ran by. It's whatever was going on with them that made them run past us. So sometimes you see what's going on from a different perspective. Um, And then it's just like how you see how things are interconnected. Sometimes it's like the next scene, Sometimes it's something later in the episode. There's things that like there was um there was one thing where like this woman was driving um a minivan and she gets stopped by this guy and he's like, please help me, you know, me and my family need help, blah, blah, blah. Um he gives her this sob story and she doesn't trust him, but eventually she lets him in. You know, he gets in the driver's seat, she goes to the passenger seat, he tells her to get the fuck out the van. So he basically just carjacked her, right? Then, um, you know, as he's getting himself together to start driving, this dude punches him. Like, the window is down. Guy punches him, drags him. He beats this man's ass, drags him out of the truck, and then he gets in and stuff like that. So that's one thing. But then, like, you see that same van in another story or whatever. So, you know, hopefully I'm not confusing you with the way that I'm explaining it. But... The overall thing that I want to convey about this show is that 
it's not like anything you've ever seen. I know when I watched it, I felt like I was a part of the show. I'm sitting here thinking about what I would do in these situations and all that kind of stuff in a way that was a lot different than it was when I was watching The Walking Dead. Because to, to a certain extent, when I used to watch that show, I felt like I was watching a show about people in the zombie apocalypse. But when I watched Black Summer, I felt like I was in this shit. Like, I felt like the zombie apocalypse was happening around me and I'm with these people. And it was dope because of like the way that they shot it. But then, like I said, like in a lot of cases, like if this shit was really happening right now, you would get with people and you would do things with people without knowing who they were or whatever. So like the fact that you don't know a lot of people's names and stuff, like you may meet a character in an episode and then that character dies within the same episode and you never knew what their name was. But that makes sense because if we're in the z you know, yeah, we're over here chilling and we may help that person that ran by or whatever like that. Like, yo, come get with us, you know, come on in here. And we might not have time to explain, hey, my name is Leonard. This is so-and-so. And you know what I'm saying? Like, we may not get all that information. We're trying to fucking survive right now. So what your name is, what your backstory is, what you did in the past, who did you vote for in 2020? Like, we don't got time for that shit. <laughs> what we need to do is make sure these fucking zombies don't get in here. You know what I'm saying? So... The pacing of it, the way that it was shot, really incredible. Um, it's two seasons. It's on Netflix. Um, I I highly recommend it. Um, check it out. It'll definitely blow your mind. Um, once again, that's Black Summer. Next thing up, Summer of Soul. That's out in theaters, and it's also on Hulu. It's a documentary um, done by Questlove of The Roots. It's about... Um, Black Cultural Festival that was held in Harlem, New York back in the 60s. It was at the same time that uh, Woodstock was going on in upstate New York. Um, and apparently they shot footage of it. You know, they they recorded the entire event. It lasted over a few weeks, but the footage was lost um, and it was lost a lot the way for like 50 years. And, um, you know, they found it and they conducted interviews with with you know, people that were involved in it and everything like that. And they just put it out. And it was an incredible, incredible two hours spent watching that. Um, you know, I, I haven't gone back to movie theaters just yet, but, you know, being able to watch it at home was was dope. Um, I sat and watched it. I watched a good part of it with my mom, but she was kind of doing some other stuff at the same time. So she didn't finish watching it. But um, great, great documentary. Um, I learned a lot of stuff, you know, about an event and about some artists that I didn't know. Like, for example, I heard of the fifth dimension, but I really didn't know who the fifth dimension was. Um, and he had a couple folks from from that group um, talking about their experience and how much like how important it was for them, because like the music that they were making wasn't necessarily considered black music. So for them to be at this black festival was was a major thing for them. You know what I'm saying? Um so it was great to hear them tell their story. And also, um, those same people was Marilyn McCool and I forget the brother's name, but it's it's her husband. Um, they were on Questlove's podcast recently, um, and they were, you know, telling more of their story and, and all that kind of stuff. So if you um if you wanna check that out, uh the show's called Quest Love Supreme. 
Um, and it's one of the most recent episodes. You'll see it as soon as you find it. You can find it like on Spotify. That's why I listen to it. But um, wherever you find it at, it's one of the last couple episodes that, that came out or whatever. And they mentioned the documentary and all that stuff. I think when they recorded it, the doc was just coming out or it was about to come out. Um, so definitely highly, highly, highly recommend Summer of Soul to you. You're going to definitely... You know, it's it's telling you the history of kind of like the U.S. at the time. So, you know, some of the racial things and, you know, all that kind of stuff, because it was in the 60s. Um, so all of that is in there. But then you get to see just these beautiful black people right in the middle of Harlem, you know, having a great time. And there's a lot of great music. You know, they got, you know, musical performances in there from Fifth Dimension. Uh, David Ruffin is in there. Mahalia Jackson is in there. Uh, Gladys Knight. You see Gladys Knight and the Pips doing their thing. They did an interview with Gladys as well. So you see, you know, present day Gladys and then you see young Gladys, you know, and all that. So, it's, I mean, it's it's incredible, man. I, I could go on and on about that, but definitely check out um, Summer of Soul. Um, next up, it's a doc series on Netflix called How to Become a Tyrant. That's really good. Um, I definitely recommend that as well. What that is, is, is it's explaining to you, they call it like the playbook. So they're acting as if like there's actually a playbook that people who become tyrants or dictators are following. Um, and when you think about it, like a lot of these people have similar personality types um, and they use some of the same tactics and all that. So it, the whole playbook thing is definitely uh relevant it makes sense um in there they show you things about um hitler saddam hussein Idi Amin, um momar Gaddafi, joseph stalin and i think there may be one other person it's like six episodes um really dope and you get to learn you know like this like i said there's certain things that are sort of present with all of them but then you learn certain things about um you know, each individual. So like in the episode with Idi Amin, they had footage of Idi Amin jumping into a pool in pajamas. I was like, y'all should have known his ass was crazy. As soon as you seen this grown man jump into a swimming pool in long pajamas, like he had on a long sleeve shirt, you know, the long sleeve shirt and pants, matching pants. This nigga jumped in a pool with that. Like who the fuck does that? Somebody who's crazy. That's who does that. Um, <laughs> So, but you learn things. Like, I didn't know that, you know, before he became the worst fucking, you know, person ever, that Hitler was actually a painter. He was trying to be an artist um, before before he, you know, did all of that. For example, Joseph Stalin. I didn't know Joseph Stalin. His last name wasn't Stalin. He gave himself that last name or whatever. Um, and they said something interesting about him. Like he was trying to when Lenin ended up dying or when he was getting close to dying, he wanted to he wanted to have the torch pass on to him as as the leader of, of the Soviet Union. And he ended up um when when Lenin passed away, he was um he was trying to make it look like the relationship that they had was a lot closer than it was. So he was like, if y'all really love him, because I guess his strategy was like, okay, the people really love him. So I'll like make it seem like we were really tight and then they'll naturally want to um, pick me as the next person. So there was a picture of the two of them together that 
basically he had somebody Photoshop. Like Photoshop obviously wasn't around at that time, but he had somebody doctor the picture to um to put them closer together than they actually were to make himself a little bit larger than Lennon was. Um, he had his skin was messed up because he had smallpox when he was a kid. So he had, you know, his, his face, um, you know, the skin on his face was kind of messed up. So he had the person smooth that out. And I think they said he was in a carriage accident as a child. So one of his arms was a little shorter or was messed up because of the accident. But in the, the picture or the painting or whatever, um, he had the person like fix his arm and stuff like that. And eventually, and then he he paid for, um, you know, the funeral for Lennon and had a monument built to him. And, you know, he did all this stuff to try to make it seem like they was really tight and everything. Um, so like pieces of information like that. Oh, the, the other the other people that they talked about was the Kim family in North Korea. Um, and it talks about like how, um, you know, you got the grandfather started the way North Korea is now. Then I believe it was Kim Jong-il was his son. So Kim Jong-il took over when his father passed away. And now Kim Jong-un is running things um, over there. And it talks about how, you know, their family has, you know, had that country, you know, under the under the thumb um, the whole time or whatever. So that was really interesting. Like, I didn't know all of the information that they gave in there. So really fascinating stuff, man. Um, definitely will recommend it. Like I said, again, it's on Netflix. It's about six episodes. Each of them are about 30 minutes, somewhere like that. Um, so you can definitely peel through that pretty quick. Next up, we got a couple more things after this. Next up is the Tomorrow War. Watch that. It's on Amazon Prime. Pretty good little movie. You know what I'm saying? Um, interesting premise. Basically, um, we're in present day and then people from 30 years in the future come back and say, yo, we need y'all help. Like there's some aliens who are here. They are kicking our ass. We need y'all to come and help us with this war. Kind of stop, stop it before it even starts. So that's basically what that's about. Um, it was it was pretty good movie, man. It was a nice way to kill a little bit of time and stuff like that. So if you're looking for a pretty pretty decent flick, I think I gave it like a three and a half fist or something like that. So really solid, man. Um, so if you're looking for something to watch, you know, on a weekend, uh, you know, while you're waiting for the NBA finals or something else to come on, then the Tomorrow War will be a pretty good choice. Um, next up. A documentary done by Showtime called The One and Only Dick Gregory and really great documentary about Dick Gregory. You know, I knew some stuff about him, but there's a lot of stuff, of course, that I learned about him over time. Um, You know, he was a comedian. He was an activist. Um, He had the the uh the Dick Gregory like you remember in house party where the guy's like peanut what you whip up some of that Dick Gregory for me so he came up with a diet like at some point cuz Dick Gregory apparently was a was very much into running but for a long time even though he was a runner you know he drank he smoked he did you know i think he might have done more than just weed too like he was you know living that life especially when he was a a, a comedian out there really doing his thing out on the road 
So, you know, people that are, you know, living that life sometimes don't, you know, have the best diets and, and they've got like all of the vices and all that kind of stuff. But he was also into his fitness, you know, to a certain extent as well. Um, but at some point, like, you know, he had gained a lot of weight and things like that. So at some point he said, well, I'm a I'm a stop, you know, doing some of the stuff I'm doing. He, he went on a hunger strike um, as well. Um, because of, you know, all the civil rights things and the things that were happening in the world, um, like in the 50s and 60s and stuff. So at some point he ended up doing like a hunger strike. I forget what the exact reason was, but he went on this strike where he wasn't eating um, and he lost a lot of weight. And, you know, he was kind of. It wasn't maybe the best way of going about it, but he was trying to make a point, first of all, about what was happening in the world. But. You know, eventually, like, you know, he did lose a lot of weight and stuff like that. But then he started to um, get like develop an actual diet system or whatever. And for people that are old enough and that will remember, like the Dick Gregory diet, like he came up with like a shake or something like that. But they talked about him like, you know, putting together like pill packets for people. Um, like, you know, you may have a certain issue or something like that, like for like friends of his or whatever, like if, or just people that he came across, like he would, you know, create a, a, a packet for you. Just like, you know, I, you know, I've got this and this bothering me and he'd be like, all right, cool. And the next time he see you, he have like a packet for you. Like, yeah, take this stuff. It'll help you out. So I was actually glad that they talked about that part of it, you know, cause I know about his comedy career and I knew about his activism or some of it, you know, I didn't know all the details, but I, I do remember him being um, a comedian and an activist. Um, and I do remember the Dick Gregory, um, the diet or whatever. And I love the fact that they actually included that scene from house party, you know, where the guy said, you know, make me up some of that Dick Gregory or whatever. Cause it was really a thing like in the eighties and stuff like that. Like niggas was really on that Dick Gregory diet. Um, so great documentary. You learn a lot about Dick Gregory and his family. Um, I didn't know that he was so close to Medgar Evers and that, um, they said basically like he would have been with Medgar Evers at the time that Medgar was assassinated. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that he had, um, a child, he and his wife had like 10 kids, I think. Um, but they had a baby that passed away at like two months. And he had just, I think Medgar Evers was the person that told him that his child passed away because they were out of town somewhere. Um, and he got the word first and he had to tell Dick Gregory like, yo, I'm sorry to tell you, bro, but your, you know, your, your son just died. And so Dick Gregory had to, you know, drop everything that he was doing to fly back home, you know, to be with his wife and his other children. And um, but they were saying, like, you know, as tight as they were in the way that they were moving at that time, if it wasn't for that, he probably would have been with Mega Evers like that day or that night. So, you know, he possibly could have, you know, been killed himself, you know, when those folks shot Mega in his in his uh, driveway or whatever. So that was crazy. Um, but yeah, definitely check that out. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the last thing I just wanted to mention real quick was, uh, Rick and Morty being back on TV. Um, I haven't seen the last episode, but I've been recording them and everything. And, um, that's a crazy show, man. I really fuck with it. So I'm glad, glad to see it back on and, you know, being able to record them and watch them. I haven't seen them live, but I've been watching the recordings of, of Rick and Morty that are on my DVR. So, um, 
yeah, that's it, man. You know what I mean? I just wanted to mention that one, that last one real quick, just to say Rick and Morty is out. And if you haven't seen Rick and Morty, then yeah, check it out. It's on Hulu. Um, and I think it's Adult Swim too. So, um, but yeah, that's about it. Um, been talking, talking to y'all for long enough. And, um, once again, want to give love and rest in peace and shouts out to the late, great Biz Marquis. Um, definitely recommend all of these shows that I talked to you about here today. Check them out. Um, if you haven't already, you know, follow your boy on Twitter at L Brothers Media, at South End Cinema, and at Look Listen Pod. Um, Instagram, L Brothers Media, South End Cinema. And if you're into food content, I have um I have one called uh LBM Food. Um, I'm gonna be doing some cooking today. It's Saturday morning. Um, I'm about to go um, take a shower and get dressed and everything, and you know get my day started officially. And you know today I'll be doing some cooking and stuff like that. So there'll be some new pictures on uh, the L, L Brothers Media and on the LBM Food uh, feed today. I'm gonna make some chili, uh, some chicken taco chili today. So that'll definitely be on there or whatever. So if you want to see that kind of stuff, then, then follow me at LBM Food. Um, and check out my T Public store. Buy some stuff. You know what I'm saying? I got a few different designs. I got L Brothers Media logo, shirts and bags or whatever. Like you can, you know, there's options for you to put whatever design on on different things. So if you want a bag or a pillow or a button or whatever like that, you know what I'm saying? A t-shirt, then you can get it, you know, with the L. L Brothers Media logo or the South End Cinema logo or Look and Listen podcast or a few a couple other things. So please check out my T Public store and uh and buy something. Get yourself some merch as they say. Um and the link to all that and the link to all of my um social media stuff will be in the show notes. Um and that's about it, man. So until you know, until the next time, I'ma holler at y'all. Y'all stay safe, stay healthy out there. And um We'll see you the next time. It's your boy LB. We out of here.